you have to be willing to walk away and you have to be willing to say no. A lot of times when we're shopping, it can get emotional. It's about, oh, this makes me feel good. This makes me look good. This Merce- People will look at me a certain way in a Mercedes. But the truth of the matter is, when you're really happy, none of that stuff matters. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel author of how to be a financial grown-up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. That was author Reese Everson of The Babe's Guide to Generational Wealth. And it's true. We hear it all the time, but it's still true. We should be willing to walk away when we have doubts. You know that feeling. Taking that moment to pause and consider can give us a lot of perspective and really help make the right decision. Before we get to our guest, welcome everyone. So glad you are here at the Financial Grown-Up Podcast where we talk to successful grown-ups about everyday money stories that made an impact on their lives and what we can all learn from those stories. They also share quick everyday money tips that we can all put to work. Our grown-up for this episode is Reese Everson. She is, as I mentioned, the author of The Babe's Guide to Generational Wealth. Her previous book was The Babe's Guide to Winning in the Workplace. Reese is also a lawyer and a women's rights advocate and a philanthropist. The money story that she shares is something we can all relate to, going shopping for one thing with a budget, And then a more expensive version of that item catches our eye. Yeah, we've all been there. Here is Reese Everson. Reese Everson, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. I am so happy you're finally here. We've worked hard to get you on. You're the founder of Babes in the Workplace. You're also a lawyer, and you're now coming out with your second book, which is The Babes Guide to Generational Wealth. Everyone's wondering already, what does BABES stand for? It's an acronym. Well, BABES are a special brand of women. BABES stands for Beautiful, Ambitious, Brilliant Entrepreneurs. And I think a great majority of us fall in that category, but it's just a very cool way of saying it. Well, I love it. So this is the second book, and you're talking about generational wealth. I just want to give people a little sense of what it's about before we get to your money story. It has to do with an inheritance that did not happen the way it should have. Here's what happened, Bobby. When my grandmother passed away in 2014, I was informed during the reading of her will that she wanted to leave her home to me. Unfortunately, there were some other things that happened. And the long short of it is that some family members kept the paperwork, which is her trust. She created a trust, but they kept it a secret. She created this trust with her attorney back in 1997, and they didn't want me to find out about it because the long short of it is that the insurance policies that she had, if I had learned about the trust, I would have known that the trust said to pay off her condo, pay off the mortgage, reverse mortgage on her condo, and I was the person she designated to receive the condo, so I would have received a free and clear home. But if her family members didn't let me know about the trust, they would have been able to keep the proceeds of the insurance policy all to themselves without paying off the condo. And so they thought to themselves, well, heck, we should just keep this money and split it. If she doesn't know about the trust, 
you know, she won't require us to pay off the condo. And so in short, uh, people just put their own best self-interest first. Well, there's a lot more to the story. There's a lot of dramatic twists and turns. And what I loved about the book is that you use it as a foundation to share a lot of information about things that people don't know about in terms of how finances work, especially in terms of the things that you're talking about, inheritance, reverse mortgage, and so on. But we're actually, so that's a little teaser for the book. So everyone needs to check out The Babe's Guide to Generational Wealth. Let's talk about your money story. It's something that you kind of mentioned briefly, but I want you to expand on. It's about going shopping for a car and you were originally going to buy a Nissan. And then (laughs) again, you're so dramatic, Reese. Another Ah. twist in the story. Yes. I got to the dealership to go pick up my Nissan and they were just giving me all sorts of hoops to jump through. Oh, we don't have that color because here's the thing. They posted an advertisement that said the vehicles that they were, the Nissan Maximus were $199 with no money down. Now, when we hear those things, we think, oh, okay, that sounds good. But when you really get there, there's a couple other stipulations. They may limit it to a certain color. And then when you get there, they don't have that color. You know, kind of like when you want something from Target, but they're sold out and you can't just get a rain check, right? And so I got to the dealership and they were trying to give me all this runaround because they really wanted me to pay a much higher price. And they just, that advertisement was just to get me in the door. So I told them, I said, listen, I'm going to go to lunch and I'm going for a walk. When I get back, I'll be ready to sign off on the car and you'd better have the color or whatever you need to have so that I can have the price that you advertised and I'm not paying a penny more. During my walk, I walked across the street to the Mercedes dealership and I saw the car of my dreams. I said, oh my gosh, I just want to take a picture inside this car so I can put it on my vision board, you know? I need to see myself in this vehicle. So I walked in and I sat down and I told the guy, I said, excuse me, can you take a picture for me? He said, of course. So I take this picture and he said, well, uh, what car are you looking at today? I said, oh, a Nissan Maxima. He said, you don't look like a Nissan girl to me. You look like a Mercedes girl. He's a good salesperson. (laughs) Right? And so I was so caught off guard by that. I mean, he was really talking to what really gets most people to buy is our emotional validation feeling. And of course, we all want to be affiliated with a much higher fancy luxury brand than just a, a regular Nissan. He said, well, what's your budget? I said, $199, no money down. Because I wasn't going to spend more just because it was a Mercedes. I literally had a budget and I was going to stick to it. And so when I told the guy that, he was just like, well, you know, we don't really, you you know, you've got to come up with a little more for a Mercedes, of course. And you know what? I stuck to my guns. And I want to say that I walked in there around 12 noon and I drove out at 7 p.m. in a brand new Mercedes. But here's the trick to it. I wanted a new car. Well, what Mercedes has available sometimes are cars that have been used, but they've only been leased for a year. Those cars are substantially less than a car that's the brand new model, but it has all of the features and gadgets of the brand new model usually. So I was able to get a car at a much lower price, which was almost the same as what I was going to pay for a Nissan, maybe $10 more. You just really have to be willing to negotiate, but also realize that cars depreciate, what, 40% as soon as you drive them off the lot? So having a new car, it 
sounds good, but is it the best financial fit for most of us? And the answer is usually no. And what is the lesson for our listeners from this? The one thing I realized is that you have to be willing to walk away and you have to be willing to say no. A lot of times when we're shopping, it can get emotional. It's about, oh, this makes me feel good. This makes me look good. This Merce- People will look at me a certain way in a Mercedes. But the truth of the matter is when you're really happy, none of that stuff matters. Fast forwarding from that experience, I was actually in California maybe two years after I had gotten my Mercedes. And I was riding up the coast, the Pacific Highway, past Malibu and all of that stuff. And I was driving a rental car, a Hyundai. And it's just a basic Hyundai, no, you know, nothing fancy about it. But I was just as happy and just as peaceful in this Hyundai as I was in my Mercedes. So what I realized is when you're really happy, it's not about the car that you're in. It's about how you feel about yourself and inside yourself. And so when you really are at a place where you've made sure that you are walking in your happiness and you're not putting up with unnecessary drama or going through stress and harassment at work, you're going to be perfectly fine with whatever vehicle gets you from point A to point B. Love that. For your everyday money tip, I actually asked you to talk about something else in your book. And it has to do, it's it's in your section on tips for fabulous credit. Well, one of the first tips I have for people is open your mail. And it sounds really, really elementary and simple, right? But here's the truth of the matter. When I've done coaching with clients, one of my clients, I remember walking into her kitchen and I opened up her kitchen cabinet and she said, I'm embarrassed to show you this. Don't ever tell anyone this, but I need to tell you guys, it's a, it's a big deal. I opened her kitchen cabinet where her pots and pans were supposed to be and the door swung open and all of uh, piles of mail for maybe two or three years were stuffed in her kitchen cabinet. And it made me realize you can't be in control of your money if you're not even opening your mail. Which we assume, but that's amazing. Did she tell you about, I mean, this had to have been some kind of a denial situation where she just couldn't handle it. Absolutely. So what we have is a person who had gone through a divorce and to some extent, things kind of started to pile up. And when it overwhelmed her, instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to get a system, I'm going to, you know, have a desk where I spread things out, where I, you know, maybe hole punch things and keep them in a binder. It began to intimidate her and she buried her head in the sand. And so all of that mail, instead of reading it and hearing more and more bad news because it started to bother her, she just started to throw it under the cabinet. For Well, probably in a drawer. Some of us start with a drawer. And then I think it just overwhelmed the drawer and somehow just filled up a cabinet. And she had years of documents in a cabinet. And what I'm learning is that if you don't know how to handle Uh, what you're dealing with and what's coming at you, you've got to get some help. We've got to say, wait a minute, pause. This is starting to overwhelm me. And when you realize that, keep in mind, this is going to affect my credit. It's easier to stop the train early on and get some help than to try to pull the train from the river. Very well said. Before we wrap up, tell us where we can find out more about your book, The Babe's Guide to Generational Wealth, and more about you. Absolutely. Bobby, all of the books and things are available at www.mreeseeverson.com. M-R-E-E-S-E Everson, E-V-E-R-S-O-N.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as 
at the babes guide, B-A-B-E-S guide, G-U-I-T-E. This was such a treat. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Bobby. Here we go. Financial grown-up tip number one, create reasons to open the mail. Stay with me here. This may sound silly, but because I personally do have a habit of letting the mail go a few days, sometimes even a week, I have recently started creating reasons to open the mail, specifically the idea that money could be coming in. Good things. So for example, I have an account on Rakuten. It's a browser extension that pays you a few percent back on things that you buy. It doesn't always add up to that much, although I've gotten as much as $99 in a month, which is not all that bad. It's still nice to get a check, a paper check. It's kind of retro, but it feels good. I've set it up so that I get those checks in the snail mail rather than say auto deposit or points in their system, whatever. So I know that sometimes I get fun money mixed in with anything not so fun that comes in the mail. Financial grown-up tip number two. I love when Reese says to just walk away. As a consumer, we need to be reminded but we should always remember that it is our money. If the purchase doesn't fit your needs, and especially if somebody tries to pull what was clearly a bait and switch on you like they tried to do with Reese, she didn't fall for it, hit the road or at least hit pause like she did and figure out what you can do with that situation. And by the way, as long as your expectation is reasonable and they can make a profit, you'll almost always certainly get some version of your way in the end. What's your take on deciding when to walk away? And how have you been able to upgrade the things that you want? DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 or on Twitter, I'm at BobbyRebel. Please help us grow the show by subscribing and telling your friends. And if you have a few minutes, please take the time to review the show. I read and truly appreciate everyone. Pick up a copy of The Babe's Guide to Generational Wealth. It's a great read. I truly enjoyed it and recommend it. And big thanks to Reese Everson for helping us all be financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.